Some days, when it feels like the end of the world, yet again. Colonel Vance Peterson, USAF, United States Air Force, goes out onto the surface and gazes up at what they have lost. In the gray gunpowder dust, he stands in the pose so familiar from televised missions. He leans forward to counterbalance the weight of the PLSS, personal life support system, on his back. The A-7LBs, the spacesuit worn by the Apollo astronauts, inflated bladder pushes his arms out from his sides, and he stares up at that gray-white marble fixed mockingly above the horizon. He listens to the whir of the pumps, his own breath an amniotic susurrus within the confines of his helmet. The noises reassure him. Sound itself, he finds comforting in this magnificent desolation. If he turns about, blurring boot prints, which might otherwise last for millennia, he sees the blanket-like folds of mountains, gray upon gray, and a plain of the same lack of color, all painted with scalpel-edged shadows. Over there, to his right, the scattered descent stages of LM, lunar module, trucks, and augmented LMs fill the mare. And one, just one, still with its ascent stage. Another, he knows, is nearly twenty years old, a piece of abandoned history, but he does not know which one. A click from his radio reminds Peterson where he is. The voice of Major Philip Scott, USMC, United States Marine Corps, his XO, executive officer, follows. We're about ready to make another evolution. Peterson glances at the Omega, strapped about his space-suited forearm, and sees that he's been out for half an hour. The PLSS is good for a seven-hour EVA, extravehicular activity. He says, I'll watch it from out here. Hope died months before. This is not a landscape in which hope can grow. These monochrome plains and mountains can sustain nothing, real or abstract. The bell, Kendall's torsion field generator, offers some prospect of salvation, but every evolution so far has left them in the same situation. Another click precedes Scott's dry, plodding voice. Thirty seconds. This is the third evolution Peterson has witnessed from outside the base. It is safe enough. An area more than a mile in diameter is affected. He should see it. There. Yes. A ripple runs through the heavens. Above the lunar horizon, the earth wavers and blurs, and then returns. But its skies still royal, sear and blasted. It's not the blue marble Peterson needs to see, and, feeling lifeless inside, he tells Scott, another dead one. His thoughts are as gray and barren as the regolith on which he stands, so he shuffles about and begins to bounce back to sanctuary. Using his ankles, as the thickly insulating spacesuit has very little range of movement at the knees, he propels himself forward in a low arc. Each time he lands, dust billows about him, and then falls with eerie suddenness. Peterson approaches the waist-high pole which marks the bulldozed ramp leading down into Rima Hadley, and Falcon bases airlock. He stops hopping and adopts a slow-motion rocking shuffle, a safer gait for the approach to the hatch. 
He's had plenty of time to learn how to get about in one-sixth gravity. Peterson should have rotated back to Earth after six months. He's been here two years.